Anyway, so what were we talking about? So, I was admitting to something from my beginnings in the DevOps industry. Where did I which? Okay, now let's backtrack a bit, right? So let's say. Well, maybe we should just take all the agile signatories. Where are they now? No, let's not even go that far. I didn't get to that part of the story. I was no. taking them to the fact that in our conversation, I transitioned from another industry, right? Uh, so yeah. I, I started from, uh, let's say I started from fintech. I didn't. I started from the theory of technology and I was a keen observer mm -hmm. of teams and working in all kinds of functions from sales to marketing to business development to strategy to consulting to whatever crap everywhere the um the, the, the bed being we need to make technology why are we making it towards the consumer which i could see so clearly and how uh, why are we making it um and how are we making it the best and fastest way which i could see so clearly and i just couldn't understand no matter what industry i was in no matter what function i was in what the bloody hold up was. It's just, it always bedazzled me. We are all smart people. We all agree that green is green. And then when you get to vote, 49% of you or whatever, let's not even discuss voting and numbers and percentages, but there's an overwhelming a majority of you that vote otherwise that I know is wrong in your heart of hearts, right? So as an AU ADHD leader, I have struggled tremendously with this, with this dissonance. I'll bring it to that. I'll, you'll see what the difference is. And why I'm going that direction is because I have to now start to put all of these threads together, right? I have lived through a period of learning um, various functions around the organization. If you take a, a backwards lens to my career, of which I am sometimes not proud of for it not having contained a PhD, right? But if you take a very backwards lens, I do sometimes have to remind myself that it contains more experience and work and research and hyperfixation and desperation to be better than others than most PhDs would con contain. And let's say that each of the books I've written is a, a very interesting, I would hope, PhD thesis. Hopefully someone hears this one day and sends me an, a honorary or honorary or something in a, in a good pronunciation uh, PhD because I ain't writing anything again, right? So from here on, whatever the fuck I said, it will have to suffice. And this is why I'm finally getting to the stories, right? I never did Duena stories, have I? Um, so the reason we're having Duena stories and rants and reads and you're helping me with this is because um, we now need to go back through the to the tunnel of technology and time. So where we left our heroine, who we didn't start with properly, is with her jumping out of the fintech industry. I'm happy to make a proper episode about the fintech industry because that's very meaty on its own. Maybe we need a full podcast. The backstories of the fintech industry. Backstory sounds horrible. Anyways, the stories in the in the past. Um, Is it that salacious? How emotional are bankers? I don't know. It's not. It's, it's disgusting. Not. It's boring. It's repetitive. It's not. people who tell you for the and time the Walmart story or why you have too many Ooh. toothbrushes. It's so many things. It would be fun, but it's useless. Did they tell you the blockbuster story? Never heard about the blockbuster story we'll in come, fintech. We'll, we'll come back around to that, <clears throat> shall we? We must. If we don't, we're not a good consultant, are we? Anyways, mm. I like that. Well done, baby. Um, so back to the this story, which is she has just left fintech, mostly because it was... These things, the, the dark and boring things. And also because, quite frankly, I felt like I had squeezed everything there was to squeeze out of it. And what is the hold up? We now get exactly what we need to do to make the best technology that 
that is possible that and we also get to find out exactly what consumers want so what exactly is keeping anyone in the world any enterprise any organization from doing exactly that because if you like i said with 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 emotional banking that applies to human that if you wake up any exec in the middle of the night and you go like right have you ever heard of this thing human that no okay but put yourself have this moment of empathy will you i'll click on this button yes yes how about this? What if I tell you it's every time that we don't keep our promise to our guys. It's every time that we change leadership on them. It's every time we don't fucking take them on the journey. It's every time we think of them as resources and not value. It's every time we forget they're human. It's every time we're afraid of them. It's every time we're afraid for ourselves. All of those things are human that you understand that? They go like, fuck yeah, I'm not fucking stupid. I completely understand that. I feel that. I feel that. I know my people are feeling that. And then you click the empathy button off and you go like, so now what? And now they're overcome by fucking fear and impression management and desperation that while I get all of that, sweetie, my child's uh, um, safety and the fact that they need to have a, um, a roof is more important. So I think we're not addressing how driven by fear execs are and how unable they are to get to be, to believe organizations that tell them it's okay to be human now. And it's okay to be neurodivergent now. And it's okay to have ideas now. And we will pay you for have ideas and being non, non, non-typical and for, for being you. No one believes that to be the truth. So what they do instead is they cover themselves. They cover themselves with not telling anyone that they need more learning. They need less imposter syndrome. They need more time. They need more flexibility. No one says what they need. They just show up, produce whatever um, job we've been dropped in, and then they either suffer or they have the option to piss off. And if they piss off and they believe in something, then they're screwed because the the best option you have if you want to remain an under wraps, middle manager, under CXO level, uh, and even CXO level, if you get smart enough eventually and shut up enough, is to just keep being, playing corporate politics, is to keep understanding how to keep these mechanisms ho- slightly happening while still trying to affect cor- corner change here and there on the, on, the, on the frail margin so that you feel better about yourself. But at the end of the day, you're not who you really should be being and you're not really applying yourself. And that's because you've never been recognized for the human being that you are. So there's a lot of... I think there's a lot of value in us starting to understand this neurodiversity bit, but we also have to be honest about how we ended up in this place as industries, as different industries. And I'm fascinated about the history of this, if you stop to think about it. Because again, finally getting back to the point, coming from fintech and entering the agile and and DevOps world, if you wish, by saying, look, guys, I'm, I've been trying to make banks understand about agile and your unicorn project and your psychological safety and shit for ages but it's not my job to fix back end of banks it's only my job to tell them what to put on the front end for their consumers so the reason i'm fixing the back end is because they're not getting this agility thing so they're not moving fast enough so i can't fix the front end because they don't really care what the consumer likes so if they want their consumer to have an emotional response they need to have this better technology can you please fucking help them it's pretty much what i wrote in emotional banking hello the rest of industry, agile, technology, come fucking help banking because they don't have the clue 
of how to move from, I understand what the topic is, but I don't know how to move to human-centered design or things that make more more sense in a, an agile way, right? So that's how I ended up in the industry. And I ended up via Forbes, where I got to say whatever the hell I wanted for 20 seconds. I said, um, you should do agile by heart and not by PowerPoint from McKinsey. You should, uh, no one gets fired for buying IBM, but they should be. Or um, just very daring things for five seconds. And I got a little bit of a, of a, of a, wing of a wind in my span and I thought that all of a sudden I can say the real and the industry cares and I've just crossed into this but what was happening really in retrospect is yes I had 50 60,000 views on some articles and they were absolute uh, viral from the outside but from the inside they were probably 30,000 reshares whenever I upset McKinsey and what happened is at the end of upsetting people enough Forbes finally told me to piss off or shut up, one of two things. And I decided to piss off instead of shut up, but I ended up in LinkedIn, which was in retrospect a really dumb idea from SEO's point of view, because if you guys are listening to this and you had to pay me any money, then you know that LinkedIn hadn't done so that far. Now, when I when I arrived on LinkedIn, that's when I saw these communities more, right? It's a lot clearer who these people are. So fintech existed for a long time on Twitter. Between Twitter and LinkedIn, you can kind of cover all of fintech. Many other industries don't have the same separation for dialogue on Twitter and then LinkedIn for other types of dialogue. They exist only on LinkedIn or they exist only on Twitter. And they either started 20 years ago or they started five minutes ago or they are either populated with people from one trench to another. And what I didn't understand really got my goat is how very dare they sit on these important learnings about human existence and the healthy existence of teams without doing shit about it just because they are in separate forums, right? So I immediately got up in arms upon arriving and wrote people before tech, the importance of psychological safety and teamwork in the digital age. Like people, stop being ridiculous. The only thing that matters, let's first fix psychological safety. It's the digital age. We don't have time to be stupid. Did anyone hear? No. Did anyone listen to it? No. Did anyone even read it because it came in the middle of the pandemic? Also probably no. But other than the tens of thousands of Asian students that are supposedly reading it in their in their uh, libraries, or I don't know where they put the 6,000, 10,000, 50,000 books they've been ordering. But what I wanted to say, and we don't have anywhere in a memoir yet, but we should probably use this, is when I arrived, I, I, I then got lucky to be invited to speak at DAZ right away, even during the pandemic. So Jin King gave me an extreme opportunity, which I have to admit that this is a personal story I never told you or anyone else, which is when Jin Kim said he would do a Zoom with me, so we'd chat about DAZ and about my work with people not tech and, and such, I nearly fainted from fangirling. You yeah. don't understand. Like I jumped around in the house, asked me what has happened. Did I win a contract? No. It's this man whose mind I've admired for ages that I, he understands psychological safety and he used to be a developer, but he's now just a thinker. I just went like, I don't know what you want, but calm down. And then eventually we talked and we had a normal reaction for a 12 year old, but then eventually we talked and he very kindly and generously said, I kept going, I don't know if this software we're making really works, if these metrics are perfect, if we're capturing exactly to the T, to the number, how much openness they have versus how much flexibility versus how much psychological safety. And he said, I think, I don't know if he was just being kind or not, but he said, it doesn't really matter, does it? I'm sorry, sorry, what? And then eventually we came together to the point that it doesn't really matter. What matters is, do you make a space? I'm sorry? 
do you give them the time and the space to be doing this work? Of course, otherwise they can't be answering the questions. Otherwise they can't be doing the team actions. Otherwise they can't have that conversation to choose what team action. And he said, that's it. That's right. It. That's where you will make psychological safety, where they have those conversations. So you know it works. And his advice then to stop uh, focusing on just exact numbers, but focus on what it creates was what mm -hmm. propelled us further, in particular when Amy Edmondson herself at the time was kind enough to say things like, if I were ever to have made software, this would have been what I would have made, which is something that Fionn uh, Jones and I will always hold dear as a moment in our lives. But now, see, I'm telling stories again of people, of names, exactly like the older generation talks mm -hmm. when they have a Rolodex, but it's because they matter. And I say this to everyone in fintech and I say this to everyone in every other industry. The history of how this digital life has existed in the last 20, 30 years is not a lot to learn, but matters because these people have made a contribution of the highest degree. Finally, to our story. Finally. This was the intro. That was the intro. Yeah. But the story is... When I arrived on LinkedIn and I met these communities and I saw these people, more people that I had been long long on this DAS enterprise forum that I participated to, which was, I, uh, Jean allowed Fionn and I to speak about the importance of, in, uh, of uh, not the importance, but impression management. What are the anti-patterns? What does it look like? What, when we are afraid of what, what happens, right? So we did a, a lengthy presentation of the good part of psychological safety. These are these behaviors that when you're flexible, when you're open, when you're engaged with each other, when you're emotionally, whatever. And then the bad part of psychological safety is these uh, impression management, dark behavior. Years, and then we did that. But the people we met there, it was a few days of absolute heaven. You know, when you have that communion of minds and you feel you felt your tribe and it's you're teaming with everyone. And here's where I'm coming to finally. And, you know, the story started because I wanted to say that the people I've met in the industry that I've dismissed back then, I may have dismissed a, a bit too early because of their none too flashy presentation. And I think this is one of the goals of tech led cultures is to find those people, give them a voice and make them visible and flashy and enough flashy enough to become the cream of the crop for the actual industry, to be clear that they are the cream of the crop. That's one of our goals, right? Yeah. But outside of that, here's what's happening, why we're all telling these stories, why we're all remembering, why we're all insisting on a certain amount of people. It's because we have to, Look at what existed, what were, what teams existed. The Agile Manifesto signatories team, was that ever a team? No. The uh, people who were behind the DevOps movement, were they ever a team? Or did, uh, did commercial interests split the community in two or three or four? And then you had a product community and you had a sub-community for Python. And then you had six people who were doing just data in Python on a Wednesday only if their dogs liked the same food. So... The way that we have segmented is not by the, the logical concept of our work. Can it at least be by the things we believe in? And the first thing that we believe in, can it be that human that has to go and to do that 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 effort. We have to all look as flashy. The cream has to be to the top. We need to realize what our history is, who the first people were that came in, what did they say, how did we evolve, what are the new frameworks. And I also think, and this would be controversial, we have to stop somewhere. We have to stop before they are too smart, too deep, too academical, too complicated for these execs to ever get to them. And I think some of the most intelligent sense-making frameworks in the world are unfortunately too complicated for the modern day exec. That's all I had. Bye.